Who wants to do the intro? Wait, um, what is the actual topic, by the way? Or what is the number? 35. 35. 35. Is there anything, uh, I guess, in particular or major that happened with retro game prices that's like a, a solitary event, or are we just talking about Mario the six Mario 64 like, selling for 1.5 okay. million? Yeah. yeah, that's a good and one. I think and our, then Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, Time sold for like, like 800,000. We need to give yeah. uh, Tetra a five-minute section to talk about the creases on that box. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. I'll, I'll go ahead and do the intro. Okay. okay. Cool. Oh, wait, actually, people can't see me, so maybe I shouldn't do the intro. Okay. Uh, I vote Drew or Tetra because they have video games behind them. <laughs> I think you vote Drew or Tetra because they're not you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's the... I, I don't think I've ever introduced a Minuscast. You, you'll just say, hey, welcome back to Minuscast, episode 35. I literally could do it right here. I could hey, just welcome back to Minuscast, episode 35. It's time to do the Minuscast with the Minus Bros. With D-Pad Gamer, Nathaniel <laughs> Bandy, yes. Nintendo, Tetrabit Gaming, and myself, Swanky Bikes. Hype. Wait, was uh, that the actual intro? Doing? Was that the actual <laughs> intro? Grant, <laughs> make it work. <laughs> make it, Grant, make that intro good. Yes, make it even better than it someone, already was. Someone has to follow, has to follow up with the, the topic now. We're talking um, yeah. about the ridiculous inflation of retro video game prices. Mm, we sure are. Not, I guess not just video games. I guess we'll get yeah. into that later. Maybe we'll start with video games. <laughs> maybe in uh, segue to like Pokemon cards and yeah. used mm -hmm. vehicles and lumber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> lumber, yeah. Lum lumber is actually uh, un un unironically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, Mario sixty four, one point five million. Ridiculous. So, so when does it sell? It right. sold like last week. Is that right? I think yeah, so. Yeah. I think so yeah. Wait, last week. It was a whoever uh, bought it. Whoever, whoever bought, bought it. It's silly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What are the chances that whoever bought it bought it because they thought they could then resell it later for more, without knowing much about the this the sphere in general? Maybe I don't know. It seems odd to me that like. I mean, I know that it was graded at a specific level where, like, it's supposedly, what did they say, like, one of about 200 known in that condition, but, like, I mean, I feel like it's not that hard to to seek out a sealed copy of a first-party <laughs> Nintendo game, like... Especially that one. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, too, is, like, it's interesting because it's almost like that person's opinion on the grading is worth 1.5 million. Yeah, Not the actual yeah. product. So who who is this guy with the golden opinion? <laughs> and how can I, I get him to grade everything? I don't know if it's the same company that did the grading for this one, but I've heard several times in the past where it's I don't know the exact company that does it, but they they were kind of just like every time they do something like this, I, I think they've been on like Pawn Stars and stuff. Is like their whole thing is just to like generate uh, essentially like advertising for their own company via m means like this, where like. They, they say, oh, this sealed copy of Mario Bros. 3 is worth uh, X amount of dollars for the NES. But it's like, it's not really worth that much. And the argument could be made. It's like, oh, something's worth whatever something's willing, someone's willing to pay. Yep. But in this case, it's like nowhere, nowhere near this price was that game ever sold. So it's like, <laughs> and again, we might be going into like super, super conspiratorial territory there. But it's like one person can buy it, buy it at that price. And that will artificially inflate the price yeah. of every other copy of that game 
just because one person did it. Like, for example, now the next person is going to be like, well, I'm no longer going to sell my copy of Mario 64 for $200 if I know that I could sell it for a lot more. And then it'll just bring everything up to the top. Um, so I've seen people on Twitter saying that, like, someone literally just maybe they maybe they did, did buy the game for $1.5 million, but they could be holding 500 other copies of the game. And since they did that, it'll raise the price of the rest right. of their copies so they can sell it for what used to be $200 now for $10,000 a piece or whatever. Yeah, it's um, like it's like the diamond industry in a whole. <laughs> like uh, mm. All rare gemstones are just the reason why they're so expensive is because they just hoard on to 99% of the the gems and then they liquidate just a small percentage and that drives the cost of diamonds and other stuff like way up yeah and it's just like i, I think the silliest part of it is it's not rare and I, I, that's that is no, a thing though like no, not not, not, all. not all rare games are expensive and not all expensive games are rare i guess that's that's a thing that's kind of i guess more so common in in the west here i think like in japan you can buy a box whatever game for like 20 bucks and it's just it's not it's not like there's any less of them in japan it's just i guess there's more of a demand for them for retro games um in north america and europe compared to japan um so it's i, I don't know it's I, I just find it really silly especially as a game collector i was looking at some of the prices um and it's just like i i i, I collect my games just to have them on my shelf i don't really plan on selling them or anything um but i, just, I look at the prices and it's kind of tempting i'm not gonna lie like i bought i bought uh my uh, complete in box Ocarina of Time collector's edition, whatever. I bought it, it was like 2013 or 2014, like 10 out of 10 condition. I bought it for like, I think 60 bucks Canadian. So like whatever that is, US, like 40 bucks. Now it's worth like $450, I think I saw. And it's just like <laughs> a big, big yeah. return on investment. But I, I, I'm not interested in really selling it. So yeah. Well, I mean, something that I think is kind of odd is like, so this, this copy of Mario 64 that just sold sold mm -hmm. for over 1.5 million dollars uh just a, a four days ago and it was sold by this company heritage auctions and they're known for various auctions on fine art and collectibles and things like that but on their own website like not not even talking about ebay or you know amazon or any other sort of third-party sellers <clears throat> heritage auctions sold a different copy of super mario 64 sealed six months ago which, granted, is a lower uh, grading, I guess. It's a 7.5 as opposed to the 9.8, I think it was, which is what makes it special. But to the layman, like, I'm looking at this, and it looks practically identical to the other copy. And on their own site, this sold for, I mean, it's still ridiculous. I think it sold for $16,000. But 16000 compared to close to $1.6 is a, a pretty big uh, margin a huge of gap. error there. Yeah. <laughs> It's a massive. Map. I don't know. It, it, I I know. It, I'm I'm probably speaking without uh, the the right knowledge or experience, but it just seems ridiculous to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm looking at PriceTrading.com. I'm looking at like the last couple of sales here for a for a sealed copy, not necessarily graded. And they're like, it, it jumped from like around a thousand bucks, and then it just like spiked to eight thousand, twenty thousand. Again, they're that's still big numbers. But again, not not close to 1.5 million. So like the opinion of whoever the hell graded it at that company, someone I guess someone valued at one point whatever million dollars more, which is I don't know. It's silly. I I think it's I mean, we're circling back. I just think it's well, and the same thing's kind of been happening with Pokemon cards too. And it's it's yep. all generated by hype, obviously. Like uh, uh, 
graded Charizard uh, first edition Shadowless, whatever. I think it was similar, like one point. It was. I think it was. It was like several hundred fifty thousand. I think. Yeah, I was gonna it say was at least, in the at least several thousand. Yeah, at least hundred thousands. Yeah. Um, and it's those cards are rare, and again, value is in the eye of the beholder. But I just feel like as soon as something like that happens, everyone just starts thinking their uh their old cards are worth something. I, I like I browse the yeah. Facebook Marketplace and Kijiji. People are asking like hundreds of dollars for Pokemon cards. I'm like, I know the hype's there. Obviously, no one's gonna buy it for those prices. It's just like people got to like check their expectations too. Uh, because there are these like unicorns of cards, games, whatever that exist, but then a lot of people get the false expectation that they're similar kind of things are worth a lot more than they actually are, and then it it just it's, it just makes a whole mess for uh, right. Like I've got collecting. a copy of Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt on the NES, and that's older than the sixty four, so it's obviously got to be worth <laughs> two million, right? You know, well, the million, like it's like you're saying about the two hundred thousand, right? Two hundred thousand. I'm like, okay. And this is a weird opinion to have, I guess, but I can see someone spending $200,000 on some rare gaming collectible. And I say that knowing it's a huge amount of money, but it's still <laughs> not astronomic, right? It's not in the mm -hmm. next digits yet. When you get into the millions, I just immediately think fraud. There's something weird about this sale. I'm like, okay, so yeah, he bought a sealed copy of a game. The step down from this went for what? You said 38000 or something or whatever? 16000 at the same auction site six <laughs> so, months earlier. To me, it's like, okay, so he bought the game, but what else was in that buy? <laughs> like, yeah, what, right. Yeah. It, it's a it's little almost weird. Like, it is cons conspiracy theory. I'm like, okay, did, is this like sort of like, hey, I'm going to buy this on all this stuff under the Rouge that it's just, it's just a Mario 64 cartridge? Yeah. Or is there, is there more to it that we don't know? <laughs> I mean, granted, it is sort of, I mean, I, I can't even say it's apples to oranges because it is like, I mean, Unless you are an absolute expert and nitpicking details, I, I would imagine there's practically no difference between these two copies that sold on Heritage Auctions. At least, I, I mean, it's there's none apparent to me. And I would consider and, you an authority on this as well, just be, based well, off of your collection. I mean, just, I mean, just <laughs> like the the vastness of your collection and you pay attention to this stuff. Like it, I would trust your opinion over my own. <laughs> well, same. The. The difference is, I mean, from the same auction site, granted, not completely the same across the board, but that's a an, an increase of a factor of 100. 1. 1.6 million compared to 16,000? <laughs> like, that's 100 times the, the asking price. There's something else going on there. Like, it, you know, yeah. I almost have to wonder. <laughs> it reeks of fraud. What if there was, I highly doubt this is the case, but like, what if this auction had other items that's just not being shared publicly? Yeah. Like, it could be like could he got a, a massive amount of things, but then it, within that massive amount of things was like a sealed copy of Mario 64. Like, it could really just be that, and it's, like, not even that interesting, but it's just framed in such a bizarre way where you're spending a million dollars on definitely. one video game. I mean, who knows? I can't yeah. imagine spending a million dollars on any video game, even if there's one copy. Like, it's, it's a video game. Like, you know, most yeah. video yeah. games can be emulated, um, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think yeah, of a single there's, game there's, I would do that for. Yeah, and there's been a lot of memes. It's like, oh, I I just bought this on the Wii U for 10 bucks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like the, say, the same game. I mean, Mario um, 3D All-Stars, 60 bucks for three of the Mar 3D Mario games, so... Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I, Well, it is different. I mean, like, a lot of collectors, um, you don't really buy the game to play it necessarily. Um, I know, like, myself, 
people are like, oh, you can just emulate it for zero dollars or you can buy it re-released for ten dollars, whatever. For yeah. me, it's different. I like having the original product. I like having the box. I like having it on my shelf. Like I have other ways. I have other means of playing these games, but I just like having the the real deal. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's kind of what makes this particularly silly. Again, it's it's not a special copy of the game. It's not like a pre-release. It's not a beta. How do you know not, L it's... wasn't real on this cartridge? <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe then that's, it'd be maybe worth that's a million dollars. It's a personalized maybe, copy. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe Miyamoto is one that maybe that bought it. He, it's the one copy that, that has Luigi in it. And he, he needs to keep it under wraps. It's a personalized but, uh, copy from Miyamoto's yeah, personal stash. collection. I think what makes this super silly, though, is on the flip side, there was, I, I just looked it up, there's a mint copy of uh, the original Mario Bros. for the NES in 9.4 condition. Um, and I believe this is the one that was released in North America in like the test test launch in um, I think it was I think it was only two cities in the States. Uh, they were doing like a test test launch for Nintendo products. I think it was New York City mm. um, and somewhere else. So this this specific copy of Mario Bros. It had like a special Nintendo sticker on it so you could differentiate it. It was like a limited edition um, first release first printing that was sold in the States and this 9.4 condition super rare actually rare version of a video game sold for 114,000. So literally like one fifteenth of uh, of the sale yeah. price of a run of the mill sealed, and this game was also sealed. But this is uh, this a run of the mill sealed Mario sixty four. So I don't know. It's there, there's got to be something more to it. I don't think anyone would out of the blue buy it at this price. It's not like the price of the game was like going up, and they're speculating that oh it might go to three million or whatever in the future. Um, no, it was as just recently like, as less than a year ago, it sold for under a thousand dollars for similar copies. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, yeah. And then in turn, again, this affects everyone. Like this affects um, anyone that's just trying to get into game collecting. Like they want to buy their first yep. boxed game. Uh, it affects like video game preservation because now people that are hoarding like uh, demos and betas of old games are like, oh, I can I can pocket some more money now this way. Um, so just in general, like it, it's inflating the prices. I want to believe artificially. Again, I don't think these games are worth that much. Someone paid for it, of course. But well, it's definitely <laughs> um, artificial. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's even... already affecting. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, 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 I, I, my, my mind's a long thought. <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah. I mean, I was basically just going to say, I mean, it's not even like just this. I think from last year with COVID, um, we noticed um, just game prices in general going up a lot more because people were bored at home, didn't really have much to do. So what they do, they bought the games they used to grow up with, like GameCube games, the, all the Pokemon games. So because of that, um, I mean, prices are still just like insanely high for everything. Um, so I think I mean, if you've been listening, you know, I have I still have three N64 games left to collect. I looked at the price of Stunt Racer. That's like <laughs> one of the top five most rare ones. It went from like 200 to 50. Now it's over five hundred dollars out of really? nowhere. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, what is everything Should else take that cost? off my shelf and put it in the safe. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, th I think at least at least that's last rough. year stuff is different because 2020, I'd say that's like a natural inflation where that was yeah. a sign of yeah. of like people, people that grew up with GameCube games. They now have adult money. Um, so there's a lot more demand for the for the original things They or maybe they have kids now. They want to share it with their kids. So I'd say that's a, a little bit more natural. So that's more understandable. Obviously, it sucks for for collectors because like it, just in general, prices are going up. But at least it makes kind of sense. Um, yes. Well, I, I mean, know. it'll be interesting to see if it goes back down. Like, obviously, the price is going up. It'll probably go down eventually. The question is, like, how much? At, like, where will it normalize to after X yeah. amount of years? Or maybe um, it'll keep going up. 
Who knows? God, I hope not. I'm gonna stop collecting <laughs> video games if prices keep going up. Uh, it was, it's funny because right before COVID started, we um, we all went to PAX East, and I finally mm -hmm. got, you know, the rarest N64 game, Clay Fighter's Sculptor's Cut, and it was like, I think I spent, it was a little under 300 so it wasn't a, a great mm -hmm. price, but it, it was pretty decent, because that For the game, time, that's a great price, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like 300 350 is the rough price, so I got it for an okay price. The condition was just alright, but anyway, I finally got it. Now the game is like $800,000. I'm just like, Jeez. my god, I'm so <laughs> glad I got it. Yeah, eight hundred thousand dollars, a million. <laughs> well, I wanted to. I, I have two thoughts on on this line of discussion. The first, I don't know if I've ever discussed this with you guys or anywhere, but like, I have kind of a personal like conviction with game collecting, where like I feel like when you talk to different collectors and and different hobbyists, and they they kind of have their own goals with collecting or their own uh, methodology. And my thought is like, I do collect some sealed games, mm -hmm. but in most cases. If I have a game that is sealed and I have any reason, any inclination to play that game, I will open it and I will play it. I, I don't think it's um, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me to collect something specifically only to look at when it is an interactive media. So like I might have, you know, like if there's a, a particular like I think I have a sealed copy of Cooking Mama along with one that I play the Cookstar mm -hmm. game for Switch that was yep. a whole debacle. Mm -hmm. uh, and some other things like that. Like if it's a, something particularly interesting, I might keep a sealed copy. But if I ever come across a sealed copy in my collection that I have a reason to play, I'm not going to not play it just because it is sealed. Um, and I, I feel like just the concept of, of inflating and overvaluing these sealed games is really kind of defeating the purpose of what they were made for. And I know that's kind of like I'm... I'm I'm approaching boomer territory, maybe, but <laughs> I wanted to show this. This is I just grabbed this off my shelf here. I've got my copy of Super Mario 64. This is it's not sealed. It's a, a complete copy and it's in decent condition. I mean, you can see like there's no real creases Whoa, on the box or anything. But there's markings on it. That but makes yes. It. <laughs> well, uh, so I had it signed by Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario. How does it feel and... to be holding five hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish, right? No, like on a good day, this could be valued at maybe two hundred dollars. Like a, a complete copy of Mario sixty four runs right now around one hundred and twenty bucks. So maybe if you're generous, you could say Charles Martinet's signature might pop, like bump that up to two hundred. But to me, this is honestly, if I had a fire in the game room, this is probably the first thing I'd grab because it's got more of a sentimental, a personal. Uh, mm -hmm. value to it you know it's something that mm -hmm. is one of the first games that i ever played one of the biggest uh influences on my gaming history i don't want to call it a career that's kind of odd but anyway like i i think um it, it really depends on what your what your goals are for collecting and if if the individual well no i'm not even going to put any caveats on it the individual who placed that winning bid is not interested in Super Mario 64. I can say that confidently. <laughs> is not does not probably have any sort of personal connection to that. There's probably something else going on. But if even if there's not, I, I can't imagine that uh, that there's any. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that's cynical. But I don't, I don't. I can't imagine there's any real passion behind that decision. They're probably gonna probably put it on a gold not. chain and wear it in the next, <laughs> in the next boxing match. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah! Yes. I forgot Logan Paul did that with a Charizard card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Yeah. yeah. Has anybody checked to make sure Logan Paul didn't buy that copy? <laughs> yeah, it'll come out like next month, and he's like, actually, it was me. But at that point, it's probably just a tax write off for him. It's just like, yeah, it's another way to 
effectively laundromat. Well, yeah. I, I think you can only write off the actual value and not the the MSRP. <laughs> write off sixty bucks. Yeah, I don't know if you can write off <laughs> something like that crazy. Um, yeah, that drew, I think it's, someone, someone bought it for the most craziest unboxing video. Yeah, right. Well, Drew, the I think it's interesting. Um, you bring uh, up like you know when you buy sealed copies, if you want to play it, you're going to open it. Um, I think. I, I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with keeping sealed copies of games. Especially. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not well, trying to put down anybody who collects in any particular oh, way. Yeah. Like I, that's just a, a personal rule that I, I I told myself many years ago that like if I ever had a, a situation where I wanted to play something that I owned, I'm gonna play it. Like that's well, you know. yeah. Well, I mean, mm. well, the point of me bringing that up is well, so I've got a couple of, of sealed things as well. Like I, I haven't opened the Game and Watch. Mario Bros. thingy from last year. Mm. I haven't opened Cooking Mama, yeah. Cookstar. Probably won't open them. I just think they're cool pieces. But I do think mm -hmm. some people um, that buy um, like sealed copies see it purely as an investment, which I don't know if I understand. Because like if you want to make an investment, like just make an investment in the stock market you can make or something, <laughs> not in a video game. Because like sure, you can make some money off of video games if you're lucky. But if you want to make a stable long-term investment. Then you would put it into uh, a bank account or something. GameStop. Yeah. And it, historically, it's not a good idea either. Historically, it's not a good idea to be treating games as as investments. And like, if you, I'm, I mean, I'm, I try to be as realistic about game collecting as I can. Every single one of these, at some point, is going to die of bit rot or disc rot, and at that point, it's going to be only a shelf piece. Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of make peace with that, if that's the case. But, I mean, I guess if you're spending $1.6 million on a sealed copy of Mario 64, you're never going to know when it dies. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's a whole other whole other fiasco, because you were mentioning how uh, people, like, you wouldn't buy things as an investment, but I guess that's kind of where a lot of people are doing now. I don't, I don't want to say people are doing it more than they have in the past, because I, I don't know if that's true, but it's happening with video games, like... and. You could do a stock in, like stock investments, and a lot of people do. But for these people, they probably make a lot more doing it this way. Like their percent return is probably a lot more than with safe and stable investments. Like let's say it you buy, be. let's say you buy a hundred Nintendo Switch OLED models for retail price, and you sell them for three times market value. That's a what two hundred percent return on investment, um, and it's and it's fast. So like I see the reason behind it. I think it sucks because like they're doing this with. Literally everything now. I think like just because I it's guess it's with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. I guess just by the yeah. nature of the internet, making uh, buying everything super accessible. Obviously, you can write scripts and stuff to pre-order whatever instantly, which screws over everyone else kind of thing. But they do this with mm. new video games, consoles. That's why it's super hard to get a Series X, PS5, whatever. Uh, well, ultimately, if there weren't cards. issues with the supply chain right now, then it would probably not be a problem. Although, yeah. there's also <laughs> questions of whether or not Nintendo and some of these other companies are. Trying to do the artificial scarcity thing. I, I well, feel like Nintendo's been doing it for forever. <laughs> there is a because all these all these products require electronic chips, and yep. there yeah. was a massive fire that destroyed that entire factory that produced what like forty percent of the world's electronic chips. I didn't know they, about that. And they lost insane. everything. Yeah, they lost yeah. everything. So what happened was all these companies. Because the thing is, like a chip can go from anything to a pair of headphones that could have a retail price of 20 bucks all the way up to a car. It's the same product mm -hmm. that can go in both. And there's obviously a big price difference on those products. So you have these companies, the now the ones that are um, 
basically producing the leftover chips. Um, but you have these companies that need them and it's basically, it goes to the highest bidder. Um, it's kind of almost extortionist. <laughs> it's really weird, but, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it sucks because that's, that's, what's driving up the cost of a lot of these things, the scarcity on things. And you have, I mean, anyone trying to buy a graphics card, rest mm -hmm. in peace. I've been trying for like oh, yeah. upwards of a year. <laughs> yeah. I tried for a while nope. too, but. I, I'm probably just gonna at this point wait for the next the next generation or next year's cards. But um, on that on that note, I've heard that uh, with China cracking down on crypto, that a lot of a lot of uh, people in China are now selling off a lot of their graphics cards because like if you can't mm. use them to mine Bitcoin or XRP or whatever <laughs> anymore, then they're they're no use to them anymore. So um, and now and now there's like a big sell off in China, so the prices are in theory coming back down. Um, I haven't really looked into it myself, but now that everyone's trying to sell them they're coming back down but they are used and they've been used in mining so it's not something i would get into like i'm not that yeah. desperate for a card that i would buy one that someone's been mining for for half a year with um but i mean hopefully i mean hopefully it's a step in the right direction again the scarcity like you said was part of the the chip shortage um but there are, there are other things that might not have been super related to the chip like i i think back to like cards obviously machines and stuff print them which probably use the chips too but the product themselves it's it's um it's cardboard and people are valuing this cardboard at uh such such high prices now and Ridiculous again it was it started prices. with like logan paul and stuff uh which generated a lot of hype and then that caused a lot of people to to have nostalgia goggles and want to really get get back the stuff from their childhood and whatnot um but it's, it's just really interesting to see that a lot of the stuff it just happens in so many different sectors and it seems like it's just been happening in the last two years be it because people are at home now they just have more time to think about uh stuff from 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 the days of old or they just want to get back into different hobbies but yeah i just mm -hmm. think it's interesting it's it's happening to to a lot of different things like across the, across the spectrum yeah i know thing too is like oh god i was gonna say it's probably I, I imagine it's like this for the stores around you but like there's a target that's like somewhat close to me and they don't even sell any cards no baseball cards no pokemon cards they're mm -hmm. like hey we're actually not allowed to sell them anymore because people would get like violent and stuff so mm -hmm. I'm just like, God, it's yeah, just it's cards. I, I yeah. heard about that where like people in targets would actually like, get into fist fights, and I think like yeah, they literally someone can't beat stop up like a now. kid or something. Yeah, um, I remember back when the amiibo craze was starting, there was a uh, a bit of contention there with mm. like sort of Black Friday esque uh, yeah yeah stampedes and such. Yeah, you guys ever see the movie fights here? Oh, go ahead. oh so you guys ever see the movie Jingle All the Way? Yeah, yeah. classic. The Turbo Man doll. That's what it's basically what it is. Yeah. Turbo Man Society. Each Santa was a reseller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was a, yeah, each the the Santa scalping uh, corporation they got. Yeah. Um, I, I was gonna just say, um, like when it comes to like the Logan Paul thing, uh, I think it's important to remember it's not like Logan Paul was just the only individual in that sort of sphere of like creating the hype around the Pokemon because he was reached out to by this like this random dude i don't remember the name who many people have been like yeah he's just like a scam artist because he goes around like reaching out to like uh investors to be like hey here's something you can get money from mm -hmm. um and it's not like every single person out there uh either directly or indirectly like affecting the inflation of the um collectible prices is just an independent single person um I, I think there's also people who, for their own reasons or whatnot, are just like, 
oh, do we just, there's money in this. I, I, I can convince yeah. someone to pay me and I can be their, like, go-between go guy and then suddenly they're making money that way. So, like, I, I, the thing, I'm, what I'm getting is I don't know if this is necessarily, yeah, it'll probably go back down, but I don't think it'll ever stop happening. Like, right, I don't think yeah. they're ever going to actually stop the scalping issue because no matter what, people are going to see opportunities to make money and then literally capitalize on it so and i think it, yeah. again you have the i mean all of them i guess you can consider bad apples but like mm-hmm. someone who scalps one console because they don't make enough money at their job it's like yeah i look at it that way too i'm like okay this person i understand why they did it now they're not hoarding thousands of ps5s in their <laughs> their yeah. mom's basement mm-hmm. but um so like yeah just the idea that you could go wait somewhere um if you can uh you know for releases or whatever and pick it up and then flip it one time like i understand why people do that like i can't yeah. like i, I don't yeah. like it but i i understand why someone would do it like if you go back yeah. and watch the videos of the original iphone release like like it was a big meme because there was literally a lady right in front who tried buying a bunch of of iphones because she was gonna resell them and she was denied and that became like oh wow she uh, like like the Karen got owned or whatever because she was being all snippy I think but like it that was the iPhone release like what 2008 I think it was seven. it's been a while 2007 yeah yeah so it's like <clears throat> it's I think it's just gonna keep happening but yeah, well, ultimately I think it will get bad. a lot better oh sorry go ahead I would say multitude I mean, buying multiples of something is even it just gets worse and worse and worse like mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. no compassion for <laughs> The person you you just described. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it it's definitely going to get better at some point, just because like it has been vastly exacerbated by the semiconductor shortage. Because yeah, you know, like you look back at, at like I mentioned the amiibo phrase when when amiibo first came out, I think 2014, 2015. Like that yeah. was a case where Nintendo could have made as many of those as they wanted, and they they didn't. They they really didn't expect them to sell as well as they did at the beginning i think and then they kind of like continued that run of like oh these are selling great if we don't make too many so, you know <laughs> like yeah. if you look at it now like you cannot do this to super mario odyssey like we could you know if like pool all our money together go buy every copy of odyssey that we possibly could it's not going to drive up the cost of odyssey because they have enough like they've made enough for people who mm-hmm. for, for as many people who want this game yeah whereas you're looking at the PS4, the Xbox Series X, or sorry, PS5, Xbox Series X, uh, any new graphics cards, like, they cannot keep them in stock for more than a minute or two. Yeah. And that is incentivizing people to say, like, oh, you know, like, I can turn this around in five minutes and go make 200% profit. <laughs> it's annoying yeah, as I, a I, consumer, um, because, yeah. I'll, I'll be really quick, Tetra, I just wanted to bring up that I ended up, I was lucky enough to get the Switch OLED pre-ordered today. Nice, but uh, nice, the nice. only way I think I was able to do it is because I was so diligent. Um, so mm-hmm. like at 11, I called the GameStop. They said, not open yet. Um, I'm like, okay, well, Nintendo said that they should open at 3. So the plan was go to the GameStop about five minutes early. And if the GameStop was, um, if they if they didn't open their pre-orders at 3, I had Best Buy pulled up on my phone. All my account information was in. I double checked. My payment was ready to go just to ensure I could get one of them. And thankfully, when I got there, I was able to get the pre-order about two minutes ahead of time. So, nice. but it just goes to show, like, you know, for a consumer, it, for with new products, like, the past couple years, like, it feels like such a chore to have to just, like, get yeah. something, yeah. you know? 
And I yeah. hate that. I yeah. hate it. See, like, again, like, like Drew said, I think the ultimate answer is just increased supply. If, if there's yeah. more than time. enough, if there's more than enough product, um, there scalpers wouldn't exist even if they because like even if they buy a bunch nintendo's or whatever company still makes profit they just make more eventually scalpers won't have enough money to keep buying them or they won't buy them and everyone would have mm -hmm. enough obviously now it's tough with the chip shortage yeah. um on another note like you said like now with the switch uh with the switch oled i feel like nintendo's a special case because i feel like it, this isn't a new thing for nintendo fans i feel like personally i've had to do this for the last 10 ish or so years i remember like for example, Amiibo was one good example. Also, shoutouts to when Amiibo were still like $12. <laughs> now they've gone oh, up like yeah. <laughs> double Nintendo the price. Nintendo is selling them for 25 bucks now. That's what oh, the Skyward it's... Sword one is. I'm like, yeah. I'm... Skyward Sword has uh, uh, fast travel. Can't yeah, forget exactly. that point. Yes, $25 yeah, for locked, fast travel. Locked fast travel. $60 yeah. for the game as well. So, yeah, so yeah. shoutouts to when they were a decent <laughs> price. Um, but I just remember like in 2015 or 16 when the... Uh, uh, the Zelda Majora's Mask 3DS was coming out. I knew it was mm -hmm. going to be hard to find, so I remember like first thing in the morning before I before I even I think I skipped the university class. I went to, to EB Games <laughs> at the mall and I, I like waited before they opened. Like I've never done that for anything else in my life, but I like waited for them to open. I was like first. Actually, I wasn't first in store. There was already two people ahead of me waiting because they knew oh it was going to be rare as well. So I had to like pre-order in store um, before it went live on the website or whatever. It's just like so. If, yeah, for Nintendo stuff, ever since the Wii. I remember the Wii. Uh, that was another case of, yeah. I believe, artificial mm -hmm. scarcity. When it first came out, yeah. um, it was hyped. Like, everyone wanted it. It was... And it's, I remember, like, people were going crazy for it. I didn't get one. Like, I wanted it at launch. I legitimately could not get one. I think it launched in November, December. I couldn't get one until, like, June of next year. And even that point, like, six or seven months later, the only way I was able to get one, someone tipped off my friend, and he said Toys R Us was getting, like, a shipment of them. That's exactly uh, how I did it. <laughs> yeah, and the first... Yeah. Uh, so we went there, and the first 50 people in line got, like, a, a voucher or whatever saying that you were there in line. And uh, somehow I lucked out. But it was just, like... It's crazy. Like, even eight months later, and it was super hard to find. And it's not, like... Oh there wasn't any chip shortage at the time. I'm sure Nintendo, uh, whoever had the supply, supply means to make enough. They would know how much is going to sell. Like... Yeah. But I feel like that's Nintendo all the time. They're like, oh, we didn't yeah. think this product would do super well. I'm sorry, guys. Now we'll make more. It's, I don't know. I feel like by this point, you'd think Nintendo would know what fans buy and what they don't buy. Like, but they don't because they also made like infinite Amiibo uh, for Animal Crossing. And then they're still in stores to this day. Like you'll see 20,000 yeah, Dollar Tree now, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that Dollar Tree. It's like, there they messed up. So I guess they still, they must still not know. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to find that sell. perfect like juxtaposition <laughs> yeah. of exactly. supply and demand where they can just make it just rare enough that that incentivizes a small group of people that wouldn't have bought it otherwise yeah i remember exactly, exactly. i was uh texting nathan when uh the home circuit came out mario kart oh yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I, I felt like i was arnold schwarzenegger trying to find turbo man like i mentioned before going to different stores <laughs> yeah. trying to get both the mario kart set yeah, and the dude. luigi kart set I hate it. Um, yes, I it had... was interesting. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I just, I have something uh, about Mario Kart afterwards when you're done. I was surprised because, I mean, I was worried. I mean, I hadn't shopped because that's that's something where it's like, oh, cool. Well, if I miss the physical edition, I could download the game, right? Like, you can't do mm. that with that. You actually have to have the physical cart. Um, yeah. But it was interesting because there ended up being like a surplus of Mario Karts. Um, mm. And I think the reason why, the only reason why, is a lot of people didn't buy it because they didn't have the space in their home. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was expensive for like cardboard. It was really expensive. It's a lot. <laughs> I remember it's like $100 so, dollars a set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was lucky enough to get both the Mario and the Luigi one, but in the store, you know, you could only pick it was only one per customer. And at the store there was mm. one Mario and one Luigi. I'm just like, oh my god, this is not good. So I got the Mario <laughs> one, and then someone in my family was actually so lucky. They were visiting that day. And then I called them. I'm like, hey, can you get this other one? And then I'll pay you back immediately <laughs> after. And then they came. Within like three minutes, they got the set. That was the only reason I got both of them. It was so lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, now yeah. I see they, they've they've dropped down to around seventy five dollars. I've seen it. Yeah, I see them all over the store places. now. They're not. I thought they were going to be yeah. rare, but no, not really. I see. That, and I was that's super worried. Up, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that's kind of the problem with Nintendo because you don't know when something's going to be like super hard to yeah. find or not. Same thing yeah. happened to me with the no the Mario Game and Watch. I'm like pre ordered it day one. I'm like this is going to be hard mm -hmm. to find. Yeah. Come December or whatever, and there was like. <laughs> 70 of them at every store just like sitting in the shop. Yep. You just don't know because you, you can't tell with Nintendo either Something's yeah. gonna be insanely hard to find or you think it's gonna be hard to find but with the, the FOMO or fear of missing out You just you just literally don't know so like and it's it's I feel like it's all like mental tactics Like it kind of trains you to pre-order stuff because you're like I, I don't you because right. normally you'd kind of like mull it over if you want to buy it But mm -hmm. when you're trained to think Mm -hmm. Pre-order now think about it later. You're gonna try to pre-order <laughs> anyway, and it's just I, I don't know. It's just like a yeah. unfortunate Silly situation that most Nintendo fans are in if they want something. I think as a content creator. That. Yeah. I was going to say, can I toss in a quick fact real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I have found these numbers uh, while looking at my Mario history videos. So I, I, I briefly talk about, you know, the the um, the units sold per like system. Right. Uh, do you know how many units? I'll give you the answer. But do you know how many units were sold for the Game Boy uh, in the first two weeks in Japan? It was... 300,000 um, and it sold in like two weeks so uh, when the Super Famicom was released did they prepare ahead of time make it five 500,000 no it's 300,000 again literally like the exact same amount and it sold mm. out within hours and I'm pretty sure if I were to go back and find <laughs> uh, N64 it's pretty much the same thing they don't sure. I feel like I they don't, don't actually <laughs> care about making enough like <laughs> It's crazy, but they yeah, sorry. Like, and I'm sure it works for them. Obviously, like, like yeah. we talked about artificial scarcity. It clearly works. They know like they create demand for it. People are going to even if people that didn't want it at first will probably be like, oh, this is interesting. People obviously it's flying off the shelves. Maybe I'll mm -hmm. check it out. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a it's an age old tale at this point <laughs> for Nintendo <laughs> fans. Nope. Oh, also, when it comes to pre-orders, I want to throw out there like I hate the idea of pre-orders. Like, obviously, it makes sense that, like, if it's, if it's going to be limited, you have to get in there ahead of time. Like you said, like, you, you, you got a voucher by being in line. Like, mm -hmm. you were trying to get something. It used, It's not a like pre-ordered the same thing, but, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it's hard. But I don't like it because it's like there's so many ways that can go wrong. Like, mm -hmm. um, you're basically paying for something that you're not getting immediately. So you're paying for the idea of something, which is... Just not, not very healthy, I yeah. think. Uh, so these days it's better because, you know, with digital downloads, you, you don't have to worry mm -hmm. about standing outside. I still remember being in line for uh, GTA 5's release back when that was mm -hmm. the new thing. And now it's on three different console or three different <laughs> console generations. So it's like, yeah. OK, well, yep. dang. Um, but it's just I still I, not I, on Switch. I, I agree that you're being. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree that you're being trained to pre-order and I don't like it. 
Yeah, yeah. Like oh, before I you hate they'd it. have to like yeah. they'd have to like incentivize you to pre-order like they give you free stuff or yeah. uh give you in game it's tra- kind of transition to like in-game garbage Cosmetics. that no one really cares yeah. about. <laughs> but I feel like at this, like like I said again at this point Nintendo doesn't even need to do that. Certain EB games might give you a poster or something whatever. But <laughs> like at, they're at the point where it's like we know you're going to pre-order it anyway so you're going to buy to it anyway you. even if you cl- yeah. complain yeah. about it. I'm hoping I did not pre-order the Switch OLED edition, but I'm hoping that just with the context of its release that like it it seems like it would make sense for them to try to transition from the old model to like eventually exclusively selling the OLED model or potentially if there is actually a more robust upgrade next year or something like that, a Switch Pro. It could be that the OLED model ends up being a thing that they produce for a few months. Maybe they have one print run because they've done that before See, and then, I, you know i've heard that like, since the it's the tegra one chip or whatever it's the it's exact just, same chip yeah yeah, yeah. but it stopped it's uh nvidia stopping producing it because it's super old um so they're, <laughs> they're stopping making it so i've heard the reason nintendo made this super fast a they ordered a bunch of oled panels and b i think they put it in an order for 30 million of the chips which is pretty much i think all the switches that are ever going to be made from now till the end of its life cycle um so there's a lot of People have been saying that whatever switches are going to be made in the next couple of months here are the last ones that are going to be made. They're just using up all the available supplies they have in terms of chips and OLED panels and all that stuff. So mm. I don't know. At this point in life, in the life cycle of the Switch, I don't think we're going to get another revision. We're almost like we're like four and a half years deep at this point almost. Um, Switch two. I think, I think. Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing rumors for for the next hardware pretty soon. Are you, Are you saying I should stop hoping and praying that? Um... Breath of the Wild on the Switch will no longer lag, even though it also lagged on the, the Wii U. And that's a generation up. So just gotta wait yeah. for the next one, I guess. They can yeah. Breath of the Wild 2 is also, gonna be on. Also gonna wait lag. for a Breath of the Wild 4K edition <laughs> on go. the Nintendo uh, Revolution 17.4. I, I don't know. I feel like those their dual release series. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the yeah. next Switch will just be like 2K. They're not gonna go to 4K. Yeah, it's gonna be speed. Oh, they're not even at 1080p yet. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're technically at 1080p. 1080p. <laughs> They'll come In out dogs. with a revolutionary system that you can control with brain waves, and it runs at 240p. Perfect. That's what it'll go. be. Perfect. <laughs> Calling it now. That's the next generation of Nintendo virtual hardware. Virtual right? Boy Two. The, virtual the new boy. Virtual Boy. <laughs> there you go. And Knuckles. And Knuckles. Deluxe. But now that we've kind of talked about inflation and game collecting and hoarding what are your thoughts those of you listening if you're on youtube drop a comment let us know your thoughts on any of these things and uh we'll see yes. you again soon in the next minus cast episode 36 question mark it'll be 36 will be the next one yeah <laughs> i want you guys to pretend this is grant's towel i'm gonna throw it yeet Okay, <laughs> goodbye. We need to make Minus World towel merch. Yeah, yeah. That still needs to happen. Yes, Minus World towel merch. Let's make it happen. <laughs>